This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here on Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School, Series XM Channel 132. If it's Thursday, noon Eastern, we are live taking your calls right now. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. Michelle and Dion, the dream team, are in studio today, which means that this is going to be a very fun hour. And guess what? It's Small Business Week. And to celebrate this, we'll be talking about how to grow your small business and our how to make it more successful, HR challenges. So if you have a small business and you've got questions on any of these topics, or of course, any and all career topics, you're tuned into the right channel, Sirius XM channel 132, because we're taking your calls right this second at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And if Michelle and Dion weren't fun enough... We welcome back in studio live Bob and Marty, the dynamic duo right here. Bob Courtright has 30 years experience as a retained recruiter and outplacement consultant, is a very happy, inactive CPA and co-founder and teacher of intentional networking training with Marty Wolf. And Marty is an executive coach for business leaders in small and mid-sized businesses, creator and host of the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf and guest host Jay Kelly Hoey and partner in an exciting planning company for contractors called Contractor Successions. Welcome back. Thrilled to be here. Thank you. Okay, so very excited for you guys to be here. I have to do, because this Sunday is Mother's Day, I have to do a shout out to all the moms out there, especially especially my mom and best friend. Um, Hi, mom. Happy Mother's Day. And I was reading some stats. This is not going to be the pre-break quiz today. Dion, there's a hint for you. (laughs) But there are are a lot of interesting stats. 4.3 babies are born each second. You know? Bob and Marty are looking at me like, okay. Uh, The 0.3 really small, is that? uh, Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Every second? Every se- there you go. Show Every some enthusiasm. Second. That was the point. Every second. Thank you. Thank I got you. it. Okay. Okay. If that didn't floor you, the heaviest birth weight, 22 pounds, 8 ounces. Think oh. about that for a second. Oh, no. Okay. We're going to move on to an easier topic, small businesses. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the biggest challenge with small businesses today? What, what, what are they facing in today's market? People. People are a challenge. People. Finding people. Finding people. Now, and that that's easy for me to say as a recruiter, but we talk to small businesses all the time. And uh, I, you know, I talk to them as a recruiter, but just I talk to other people who talk to small businesses, and that is usually the number one thing. People. We can't find people. How do we find people? Yeah, and we're in a market right now where I was just reading that the um, – the Labor Department has said that there there's more openings than unemployed individuals and that people are quitting jobs as of March at an alarming rate because there's so much available. So I imagine small businesses are getting hit with this. Definitely. So Yeah, yeah they're getting hit with it. People are, at least, and again, I, I work in a lot of the uh, like HVAC companies and, you know, those kinds of things where the talent is needed is in the basic areas of plumbers and electricians, and you talk about a shortage. I mean, there's a shortage in software. There's a shortage in all those kinds of industries. But you talk about a major shortage of plumbers, electricians, welders. It's it's huge. I mean, people are – my clients are literally turning down business because they don't have the people. And education is part of that. But then the other flip side of it, the good companies are, in fact, finding 
the right employees. All right. So you you said a couple of things in there that I want to pull out. You talked about education. You talked about good companies. So I want to define that. But I also want to challenge that for a second because I also hear the flip side argument that it's not that there's a talent shortage. It's just that we're not recruiting the right way. We're, we're trying to use these big online job boards and you're getting 7 million resumes. But, you know, 7 million resumes is not the candidate you need. So right. is that is that part of it? I think it's a little both. It's a smaller pool. But one of the things we talk about all the time is that you have to always be recruiting. You say always be selling. We always need to be recruiting now. And one of the things I say, Marty and I talk about this all all the time, that your employees, you and your employees are your best recruiters, and you always need to be recruiting. So back to our favorite topic of networking. If you're networked properly, uh, both online and in real life, and and you have people that are on your team and understand the value of networking and understand the value of always networking to find people, they'll come to you. But what happens invariably is most companies will say, oh, we need them now. Let's network now. And you know that's not what you do. You always have to be networking. And those people, as we had talked about, Marty, those people will be attracted to you. And if you're out there on social media and then you mix in the in real life part um, and you're doing it all the time, they'll find you. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Hey, it's Small Business Week, and here on Career Talk, we're talking all about how to help your small business. So are you having challenges, perhaps in the HR department? Maybe you can't find the right people, or maybe you found the secret to finding the right people, and you want to share that tip with our listeners. We want to hear from you on Career Talk, 844-942-7866, if it is Thursday, noon Eastern. We're live right now on Sirius XM Channel 132 with the dynamic duo back in studio, Bob and Marty. Marty and Bob, who've given up their golf day. But to, <laughs> Bob, let's to, make sure we're clear on this. Just saying. Bob gave up feel, his golf day. He made Marty's me feel my bad about He's, coming here. You know, I, came, I wanted to come no matter what the circumstances were. Oh, boy, I just threw you under the bus. Yeah, there. he yeah. predicted rain. I think you did, yeah. too, so we're good. Yeah, yeah. 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 but only because it's raining. <laughs> I, I hear you. I'm making a note of that, Bob. We love coming here. Yeah. Yes, we do. <laughs> so I want to talk about education because something else we're seeing as a trend and in part due to this labor shortage is that many companies that used to have a bachelor's degree as a point of entry kind of checkbox are dropping that requirement. And I mean, big companies are dropping that requirement. So do you do you see that as being a good thing? Do you think that's going to stick around when the pendulum swings the other way? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think the reality is, is that, again, I, I don't know uh, if there really is a job shortage or not. I can tell you in my daily life as a business coach and consultant, People are a big problem, and finding the right people is, a, is an issue. So uh, the whole idea that, you know, I don't know if right, using the right words, lowering the education requirement, besides, I think, confirm this, uh, from what I hear and see and read, is like the Googles of the world, they're more interested in what, you are, what your skills are. They you certainly would welcome your BA or your master's or whatever I think they would welcome. What they really want to see is are you really capable mm-hmm. of doing certain things? And maybe more importantly, they're more interested in are you a learner, whether or not you have that official degree. What are you doing? Have you interned? Have you done uh, Have you whatever? You get the idea. You've done a particular job. So I think that maybe the need is that they've taken that requirement out because they simply have a need. But they're still looking for rock stars. They're looking for rock stars, but it's the application. I want to pull that out of what you're saying, because one of the other things we're finding is, especially with the advancement of technology, is that companies are not struggling necessarily to find the the hard skills. They're struggling to find the soft skills, being able to think critically, being able to collaborate across diverse teams, being able to influence without authority. And so those are things that you can learn in a four-year degree, but often Unless you're taking the initiative to do internships or other applied, exactly. you're not learning them. Yeah. Well, I, I've seen it over the years where it goes back and forth. So I, I say give it another two to five years and it will be back to you need the BA or the BS. I think now reality is telling them, well, we need people. So what are we going to do to get them in here? Uh, so I think it ebbs and flows. So I, I think I give it a few more years of that laxness, if you want to call it that, as far as that's concerned. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah, and I'm, what I'm hoping is that because we're in this period right now, and and I think you're absolutely right, Marty. Companies like Google, Amazon, it, you know, these these tech companies, are like I don't care what your education, if you can come in and nail this job and be a rock star and 
fulfill, right. you know, the needs that we have here. Great. Right, right. Um, and so I think I think that's important. And I think we're in an important time where companies are recognizing that. And I'm hoping more and more. And you also talked about, about the, the trade. So obviously you need certain education to do the, the plumbing and, and some of these. Right. And that's what I'm really referring to in terms of education. Again, I'm very heavily involved in those trade kinds of businesses. And the uh, the idea of getting that uh, certificate or that education, that two year degree or your to learn how to do these these skilled trades. It's happening less and less and less. So these schools uh, are not, uh, they're having a hard time recruiting people, and therefore the trades are, are struggling. And you know what? No matter how to take it away, I mean, we need trades people. <laughs> we need them. Well, and the other thing is they're very well paid. <laughs> they're yes. well paid. Which, There's and, good opportunities and, out there. <laughs> when there they're really out there is. doing that job, they're not paying a couple hundred grand off in student debt also. Yeah. Ah. And I will tell you, I, you guys just reminded me. I read this article a few days ago about the, the most unusual jobs that are high paying and don't require a degree, which I have on my phone. But I, if you want to hear what those are, and some of them are very interesting, uh, interesting jobs. Then you have to stay tuned because I'll 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 pull them up and I'll talk about them oh, in a few radio minutes. Radio host? Is that no, what well, know? this is a totally unpaid okay. job, so I don't know if you want to. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you're up for that, for that, go for it. Yeah. This is this is more of an altruistic. Yeah. Yeah. Adventure, but but I do love doing it. Hey, eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. You're listening to Career Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. If you have a question, you can certainly call us. We're live if it's Thursday noon Eastern at eight four four nine four two seven eight six six, or you can also tweet at Dr. Don Graham. And we're going to go to the phones right now because we have the dynamic duo Marty and Bob in studio, and we're talking all about small businesses. So, Bill in Pennsylvania, welcome to the show. It's on your mind today. Hi, Dr. Don. Big fan. Uh, so often the focus of networking is geared towards individuals and the benefits that they could accrue from networking. But I'm hoping that Bob and Marty could uh, share some of the benefits that businesses could realize from networking, particularly in real life as it uh, comes to a talent acquisition. Hmm. Uh, a good question, Bill. And I'm going to refer to what I had said before in that, again, the biggest need seems to be in business to find people. So if you're a business and you, you have something to do with managing that business, I think it's important for you, you as a leader in that business and all your senior people and all your people to be networked for recruiting reasons. Um, I consult also with companies and I teach them how to network and I teach them how to use PR and have a direct effect on the bottom line as it refer as it, as it, uh, you, you know, as, uh, when you're dealing with networking sure. and um, you know, because people think with PR, we get your name out there, you sell more. And that's that's part of it, too, or name recognition. But just the whole aspect of you networking and ha- having all your employees network to be out there. And invariably, the idea or the subject of jobs are going to come up. So I, I see that as critical. And I teach companies how to do that. One of the things that, that we do or I do with um, with companies when I talk about that is get them, try to get them into best places to work. That is a great thing. When you have validation from someone else, you could say you're great. I say I'm great all the time. I don't know who pays mm-hmm. attention. But yep, if Marty don't. Wolf says that, you know, then it's a different story. <laughs> so if, if, if uh, one of the things that I try to do with businesses is, hey, let's, let's get you into best places to work. And then you could say it wasn't me, but this independent organization said this is a great place to work. The uh, PR machine be go- should be going on all the time. The public relations machine should be happening all the time. So I was with uh, someone uh, last week, two weeks ago. Uh, I'll give her a shout-out in case she's listening. Her name is Carla. And I said to her, and she's in a blue-collar kind of industry, and I said, Carla, it must be difficult to find people. She said, no, not at all. I said, okay, I'll take the bait. Tell me more. She says, well, I'm blogging this. I'm going to these networking meetings. We hold uh, we hold fairs. We, uh, we are inv- heavily involved in the community. Everybody knows who we are. And guess what? I get a bunch of applications every time I put something out, mm-hmm. and I get applications all the time. Why? Because she's present in the community. She's involved in all the different things, and people want to work for those kinds of people. Yeah, it comes down to trust, and we were just talking trust. about this before that um, th- there's recent data. Only 16% of Americans trust large corporations, which I think if you know you kind of read into that, it's a great opportunity for small and mid-sized businesses to capitalize on this. Absolutely. Because, yes. because as a smaller business, you get to know the leaders. You you build these relationships like Carla's doing. 
doing out in the community, and that is so meaningful to people right now. Yes. Bill, are we answering your question? Are you still there? Absolutely, I'm still here. Do you have another? You have a follow-up thought or question? Are we hitting well, it? Or? It's my experience that, you know, when businesses network, they increase familiarity, which re- reduces uncertainty, and that's what they want to do when making a hire is reduce uncertainty. Uh, so it's been my experience that uh, businesses should network even more. Mm, agree. Yeah, and you know another stat that um, that came out of this study is that eighty two percent of people believe that senior leaders and companies are doing what's in their best interest, not in the company's. And I think especially for a small business, that's so important to communicate is is the mission of the organization, uh, maybe how it came to be, what the goals are, because people want to feel a part of something. Exactly. And a small business can do that in a way that a large company just can't. Right. Yeah. Mission driven companies will definitely attract more people, especially if they understand they have if the employees and and I don't know, maybe this is dangerous territory go to go. But typically younger people are more into that, if you will. And I understand why older everybody should be interested in joining a real mission driven company who's, you know, again, I refer to the triple bottom line that they're concerned about the environment. They're concerned about social uh, events and things going on. And then certainly profits play an important part of that. Everybody should be interested in that. Um, That is the kind of company that I want to work for who's concerned for the environment. Now, if a company never says or they never put out that they recycle this and they are joining that and they are participating in, if they're not telling people that, no one's going to know that. It's so interesting. And I don't know if you know, but um, Amazon just started giving public tours of its facilities. So for anybody who uses Amazon, if you want to see how ridiculously <laughs> cool this process is of placing an order and getting it to your door and the advanced technology they're using, you should book one of these tours. But I took a group of our executive students to do this. And I'll tell you, the entire tour, while we saw all of the technology, every other step they built in, a and Amazon is taking our extra food and doing this, and Amazon is, is is giving back to this. And what I realized is like, why are they giving free tours? Well, they are promoting their brand. Positively. Positively. And Absolutely. I was like, that is brilliant. That yes. is brilliant, especially with some of the negative press that Amazon has gotten about its its actual um, factories and things like that. And if you have a 20 person, uh, 20 employees in your business and you are doing anything like that, even if you're doing a recycling program, Make sure you're taking pictures of that activity. Mm-hmm. Make sure that your folks have uh, their company shirts on when they're taking something to the recycling center or they're involved in uh, eliminating cups or whatever they're doing. You know, use that. It's good. And people, but you have to tell people you got to use every tool at your dis- yeah, disposal. Yeah. Social media has made it infinitely sure. easier than it was two decades ago. It's, it seems like to me, I get stuck on certain topics or words over a month or two. And over the past, actually, a couple months, it's been visibility. Mm-hmm. So people come to me, I do some LinkedIn consulting, they come to me and talk about, about various things from their business and their individual. And I say, you could have the best idea, but if you're connected to four to five people and they know that that's great, you have to be visible. You have to have something to say, but you have to be visible and then you have to repeat it. And, yep. th- and then again, as we were talking, things will come to you then. So let's turn around. You said soft skills when people for employees. Well, how about what about soft skills for the employer that is looking for people? How, what, how do we define soft skills for those people? Is that networking? Is that what we're referring to as networking? I think any relationship when it comes to a company that runs on people. I mean, you hear that all the time. People are our greatest asset. And then you're like, but send us a one-way video as part of our recruiting process. Right. You know, so, you know, the, the, again, 20, 50, we're, we're focused on small business. We do have a 50. And again, let's, let's make this comment that a small business is listed by the government as 500 employees or less. So you can have a gigantic business uh, and doing, millions and billions of dollars um, having that. But for the most part, small business in terms of the, you know, you can, you could be PNR, you should PR all the time. You should be saying these good things that you're doing, right? I'm with you. All right. Yes. Good. Hey, Bill, thank you so much for giving us a call today. And of course, for your, for your ongoing support of Career Talk. And um, we really appreciate it. 844-Wharton, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. You're listening to Career Talk. It is Small Business Week here. And we are with Bob and Marty. 
Uh, I'm trying to think of something else from except dynamic duo. So you're gonna have to That's help okay. me out. What else have you been called? That's PG-13. Uh, no, no, no. You, no, you that's guys another, think about that. That's on another channel. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere higher up and lower. Yeah. I don't know which. Near let's, the Howard Stern area. All right, we're gonna go to a college. Um, <laughs> let's go to Chris in Texas. Chris, please save us. Please save us. What's on your mind today? Welcome to Career Talk. Good morning. Uh, my name is uh, Chris. I'm from Dallas, Texas. Uh, good morning, Bob and Marty. Good morning, Chris. Uh, so you know you're from northeastern Pennsylvania. Good morning. <laughs> uh, the reason I was calling, I have a son that will be graduating from uh, university on uh, Saturday. And, uh, uh, you know, he is in this quest to find a job uh, anywhere in the country. And, uh, you know, he's gone through the corporate processes of hiring and visiting and all this other stuff. And as parents, you know, we're trying to guide and give recommendations. And it seems like a million years ago that we had our first job. And I was just curious as to maybe some insight as to what ways we can kind of direct him or guide him as to, um, you know, what the right, what the right path is. And I, obviously we realized that, you know, he'll have many jobs throughout his career, but, um, you know, we just want to be you know, fulfilling the, the role of good parents to help him through this process. So yeah. any, any suggestions or thoughts there? Well, first off, congratulations. That's really exciting that he's finishing school. What is, what is, uh, what's your son's name, Chris? His name is Josh. He will graduate from the University of Arkansas from the Walton School of Business uh, platform with a minor in marketing. Fantastic. That was my next question. So you already answered it. So is that what he wants to do? He wants to be in, in marketing. And has he done any internships during his time there? He has done uh, two internships with very large real estates, with social media, with all of the uh, search engine optimization of various forms of social media management. And uh, specifically, you know, he's trying to stay within the, the, the sports field. He's he's done a number of things at the university and is continu- trying to continue those forward. So I've you know, reached out to people that I have known and so forth. And the, the conversation has started, um, and he is accepting a job at uh, uh, Nike here in town, Dallas just as a starting point just until he can get himself positioned. But it seems as though there's some, some growth there. But, again, it's not the ultimate prize that he's trying to acquire. So I'm just curious as to, you know, It's been 35 years since I entered the job world, and you know, normally I'm sitting on the other side of the table, hiring folks. So it's it's a little bit of a different hat for me to wear, (laughs) you know, with with trying to give that advice. So uh, you know, maybe maybe I'm missing something at at, at my old age here. Well, I not that you're not that old if it's 35 years. Um, So (laughs) everything's um, relative, right? You said uh, yeah, everything's (laughs) relative. So you said a keyword. You said network. Obviously, Bob and I are going to talk about networking all the time. So you're already reaching out um and you are making we'll call it connections and you are feeling the way for him is has he done any of that but first let's go back to your connections is he uh talking with those people is he being mentored by any of those people that your network are saying oh this is what i want to do i want to be in marketing i want to be in sports marketing do you have any friends or connections that maybe he he can tap into that would support his thoughts yeah he already has and you know the, the the pathway here is you know, I have opened up the doors. I have let him be the communication. I've heard back from my contacts. You know, he's articulate. He's this. He's that. They're going to help. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And again, I don't want to be the forceful part of that relationship that says you're going to do this, that. I want him to feel that way through himself and be responsible for that. And he's a very, very responsible young man. So I, I just, I want him to open those doors up. I've opened the doors up. I want him to try to find which one makes the most sense for him. Chris, here's the good news, because unfortunately, I get this all the time. People in your situation, but but the student has done next to nothing. I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you something you're not going to want to hear. The kid should have had an internship. I, I have one of my LinkedIn groups is a parent group I started when my son was at Penn State. And I'm preaching to the freshmen, sophomores, and everyone you got those kids have to get internships. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. I don't care if you have to pay someone. You have to have someone in there, something on there that says they have an internship. So here's the good news. Um, he's done what he's supposed to have done. You're doing what you're 
what you should have done as a parent. You, you've laid the groundwork. You've done the most difficult thing. All he has to do now is continue to follow up work and continue the networking process and good things will happen. As I said, unfortunately, most of the people are coming to me. I'll say, good luck. You know, get that, get a job selling pens. I don't care what you're get doing. A job get doing employed something. <laughs> and, and be successful. I don't care if it's picking up garbage or building skyscrapers. I don't care. Get a job and be successful at it and people will find it. But the first job is always the most difficult. And so I just say kind of rinse and repeat. Just keep doing what you're doing. Have him do what he's doing and he is going to be fine. He's And, and if you can let him know that I think you've done the most difficult thing. You, you've started, and you have something to put on a resume. That's what employers want to see, that you did something, and you did it before you graduated. And sure. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up a topic, because I think this is relevant, especially because a lot of uh, students are in this situation right now, Chris, so it's a very timely topic. We're talking about small businesses, and I think one of so, – so, Marty, you've kind of defined that as you know about having 500 or less, fewer um, – There's a statistic out there that 99% of the businesses in the U.S. are classified as small businesses. And when you think about that, 99%, that's like outrageous. And what I feel like a lot of new graduates do, a lot of actually my executive students do, is they go to the brand names because Mm. these are top of mind, they're household names. And I'm not saying there's not benefits to having a brand name on your resume, but I think especially when you're starting out, if you think 99% of companies are small businesses, probably a lot of B2B, maybe not household right. names. You can, these are, we're, this is exactly what we're talking about. They're struggling to find people mm-hmm. and, and new graduates may be able to find their pick of some pretty fantastic jobs in these companies, but they got to dig for them. So if, so if you have like a local business journal, that's a great place right. to look. Inc. Magazine. There's a lot of places where you can uncover these. And I think if you start looking there, there's much less competition because a lot of these companies don't have budgets to advertise. They're not getting bombarded like some of these these bigger companies. So I'm, I'm kind of putting that out there. Bob I love Marty. that. Sure. Yeah. I love that. <clears throat> the other part of that that's, that's that's really strong is that typically in a small business you can have more impact. You you are you are uh, contributing more. You will you're building your resume. You're building your connections. You know, as opposed to being a, a little cog in the big wheel, which again may give you something on the resume, but to to really learn something, and that's big, 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 big in in growing your career. Is you've got to continue to learn. You've got to show that you are learning. You're reading that book. You're taking that job. You're 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 doing. You, you get the idea. You got to be an ongoing learner. Uh, and so that's a great point, uh, Don. That really is. Yeah, and I feel like with the the smaller companies I've worked with, exactly what you're saying, Marty, is that I I got to do so much more than mm. I would in a big company because it's like, oh, we need some help here, we need somebody to do this project, and you just grow exponentially. And I believe, especially in small business. And that I tell people I'm recruiting, even the company, client companies, is that the good employee becomes the job description because they take what is given to them initially and then they see what else they can do. And in a smaller business, they'll let you do a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I want to add something else to that. We just we both know someone. I'll mention her name, too. Mandy um, fell into the idea of social media marketing about three years ago and became a rock star in the firm that she was with, which was a growing um, social company uh, in terms of, you know, social media. She now just got a job at a big university as the social media marketing mm-hmm. teacher, director, whatever. Three years ago, she didn't know anything about that field. Mm-hmm. And she grew into that position. And now she's ahead at a university of the of that particular uh, category. Bam. Yes. Bam. Yes. You got it. Bam. Was that helpful, Chris? Very much so. I appreciate your uh, insight and your thoughts. I, I appreciate you taking my call. Well, we appreciate you listening to Career Talk and giving us a call here at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We wish your son all the best of luck and all of the graduating students who are, are in this process right now. Hey, if you've got a question about where can I find a job, what can I do if I haven't done an internship, am I out of luck? Give us a call. We're live if it's Thursday noon Eastern at 844-942-7866. But right now, we are going to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? Yeah. And this one comes from my brother, Scott. 
And you guys know that I'm always begging people to send me <laughs> quizzes that are better than the ones I come up with. This actually has an actual answer. <laughs> one answer. Um, so, Dion, I'm looking at you. And, and, Dion, it's a music question. So, oh, great. No pressure. pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, thank you, Scott, for giving me this, this question on Easter. I did not get it right, by the way. All right. Many people know that the very first video to air on MTV on August 1st, 1981 was... Video killed. Thank you. Yes. That's not the question. That would be too easy. Okay. So that's right. Um, but do you know the second video? And I'm going to give... Who knows the second video? Well, that's why it's the pre-break quiz question. I will give you a hint, though. I will give you a hint. It is female performer... Very popular 80s performer. And you're going to think you know, but you don't. So, hey, if you want to guess, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Whatever your first guess was, erase that because that's wrong. Okay. All right. So, yeah, many people know the first video on MTV, Video Killed the Radio Star. But do you know the second? And, like, every week there's no Googling in the pre-break quiz. So give us a call. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 132. We'll be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are in business radio and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we have in studio Bob and Marty. Marty and Bob. Bob Courtright has 30 years experience as a retained recruiter and outplacement consultant. And Marty is an executive coach for senior business leaders and partner in an exit planning company for contractors called Contractor Successions. And they both teach a course called Intentional Networking Training, which is my favorite topic. Where can people reach you if they want more info? Websites best. Go, you go first, Bob. Go ahead. Uh, I yeah, I like to say to people, whatever your favorite social media site is, type in my name because I try to be out there because I recruit so many people in a diverse group of people. So whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, LinkedIn, just type in my name, you'll find me. And that is Bob Courtright. So is we it? make sure that yeah, we hear that everybody hears the okay, name. Good. And again, that's pretty much true with me too. Uh, you can find me just about any place, Marty Wolf. But my website is Marty Wolf. BusinessSolutions.com. Marty Wolf, BusinessSolutions.com. Wolf is spelled W-O-L-F-F. There we go. You guys are so professional on the radio, both of you. And I know it's because you have a professional radio show, but well done. It is a professional radio show. My show is professional radio show. It was when you joined me on the Business Builders show. And Kelly Hoey. Like, she's very professional. You guys moved me up a notch, you know? (laughs) Hey, if you you like the advice that, that Marty and Bob are giving, guess what? They've been on Career Talk a few times now, so you can go find... Their their back issues on iTunes or Google Play. Their their most recent before this was our Halloween special. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to use that picture. Yes, where they dressed up, which yeah. I fully endorse, but not for pets. Everybody knows this. <laughs> <laughs> I like pets. I like Halloween. I like dressing up. None of those yeah. really go together. Yeah. Hey, eight four four nine four two. 7866. Did you miss our pre-break quiz? It's a fun one because that's to do with music and the 80s. And who doesn't like both of those? Okay. The first video to air on MTV in 1981 was Video Killed the Radio Star. Everybody knows this. But do you know the second video? I'll give you a hint. It's a female performer who's very popular in the 80s and it's not the first person who's going to come into your mind. But I'm going to give you a little bit more time to think about that, Dion. 844 I got the answer. Oh, okay. Then let's do it. Let's just do it then. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute now. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready then. Let's do it. Well, if you're ready. I'm ready. Okay. So you you said don't don't go with the first person I thought of, which was who? I I I, I thought about Cindy Lauper. Okay. Oh, that's not the first person we thought of, but no, she's the <laughs> second person we thought of. It's not her either. Tiffany. That's, I think we're that's wrong now. Who, that was Michelle's answer. It was, and we're wrong. <laughs> we're wrong. Do you have a, Do you have another? I'll give you. A no, I was stuck on Tiffany. I knew that was right. <laughs> really, Dion? Madonna did not come into your brain at all. No. Wow. Cindy what? Lauper. I mean, that's a good guess. But uh, no, 
<laughs> I feel really bad that I cannot think of other popular female pop stars Paul in the eighties. Oh, Paula no, Abdul. Na- okay, this is nineteen eighty one. Yeah, early nineteen eighty one. Yeah, Dion and I are out. Yeah, yeah. before yeah. our time. Rock and roll, I assume. Rock and roll, female. Okay. Well, then I, I had one that I'm not going to say now. So. No, say it. Well, I was going to say Aretha Franklin. I know she's older, but I thought maybe no. no okay. Bonnie Raitt. Oh, that was a good one, though. Right? Joan right? Jett. No, but you're getting closer. Joan, Joan Jett, Jett I thought of Joan Jett, you're too. You're getting closer. My goodness. I don't know. What, uh, how about I give you the song? Yeah. <laughs> you Better Run. Doesn't help me. Pa- Pat Benatar. Yeah! All right. Yes. <laughs> Pat Benatar was the you, second. You, you in the new car. You're that's a lot. Of, that's yes. a lot of help, though. Yeah, it was a lot that's of help. That's not a passing grade. That's a lot of help I got there. Next was Rod Stewart. She won't dance with me. And interestingly, on the first day, Rod Stewart had the most video plays with 16 videos broadcast on day one. And after that was The Who. You better bet. So mm. can we make a pact that we're only going to do late 80s references on <laughs> this show? <laughs> Look, I was happy this only had one answer that was confirmed. I am impressed. And, and I researched on multiple websites, not just one. Um, so <laughs> I printed out the it's valid. Not There's just validity Wikipedia. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I found out a lot. The first concert video to be aired on MTV was REO Speedwagon. Yeah, there's lots of things to That's find. That's older out. than all of you. So, uh, yeah, that one. so, I know that. You probably don't know who that is, you know? Yeah, so they have hey. some good tracks. Yeah, they yeah. do. Name one. <laughs> I knew she was going to say anything. That's why I didn't say anything. I knew it was going to be a follow-up. I yeah. could hear it, and then I would be like, okay, that's Ariel Speedwagon, but I can't name it off the top of my head. Take it on the run, baby. Nope, no. don't know that. No. Really? These people are younger than I thought. Holy <laughs> Hannah, me too. And I've been working with them for four years. Who are you people? <laughs> there is recorded music. It is recorded. So you can listen to it even before you were born. It is true. recorded. Yeah, so you can go back. True. Look, I, I, have, I have CDs Bob. with me and you can play them someplace. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably on the oldies channel apparently. But <laughs> we have some eight trucks in case you're interested. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk even though we've gotten slightly off topic and talking about MTV music videos in the 80s and all things rock and roll. But uh, hey, Bob and Marty are here. We're talking about Small Business Week. And if you've got a small business and you're facing challenges with hiring, retaining, or maybe you don't have an HR department and you have some some issues going on that we can help with, we are here all hour live if it's Thursday noon Eastern at 844-Wharton, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. John Graham. And uh, hey, if you haven't gotten my book, Switchers, then you want to check that out on Amazon. And I promised, I promised before the break that I would tell you about this website I found that talked about high-paying jobs that don't require a college degree that you've never heard of. Um, and I'm so happy I get the chance to use this random knowledge. <laughs> okay. We're listening. Well, the first one's for you, Bob, because there's actual job descriptions out there that are a golf ball diver which means you actually go and collect golf balls you seem to know of this yeah there's probably a lot of one-handed golf ball divers because there's other animals that are in there when you're looking for the ball yeah the highest paid guy was like maybe a hundred grand i know they call him lefty yes i know (laughs) yeah Yeah. Uh, this one's a little bit less dangerous. Medical il- illustrator. So if you like drawing and you, um, you know, are, are good at drawing, all those medical textbooks mm. need people to draw the anatomy mm. and all. That. I mean, I think that's a that's a very cool career. I think this is a cool career only because you know I'm a fan of Halloween, but crime scene cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it takes a special kind of person, but, um, yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> We're trying to think of a follow-up to that. Yeah, there's none. I'll keep going. <laughs> Professional bridesmaid. You can actually get paid up to $2,000 a wedding to be, because apparently brides don't want the drama oh. of like, and so, so you come and you do all the organizing for the, the, the you know, bachelorette party and all of that stuff. And it's, it's kind of like a wedding planner, planner except yeah. you get to go to everything. Yeah. So, so that could be fun. Um, gum remover. 
This this one surprised me, but all the big cities actually hire people to remove the gum on the sidewalk, and it's really well paid. Oh, I thought you said gun. Oh, yeah, that would be better. <laughs> That'd be good too. Yeah, okay. remove those too. But um, think about it: you're walking, you're outdoors. I mean, no, you guys aren't buying. Any. <laughs> I'm not no, firing any of these, but let me go back to help you out here. Yeah, this whole crime uh, scene cleaning Clean is part of restoration companies. That most restoration companies, smoke, water, damage, a lot of them do that. And those are successful companies, that that's part of what they offer. And it's actually a unique thing. Again, I have a client in that industry. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it's smoke, water, restoration. So anything like that where you have to use the right cleaning, uh, the right equipment, the yuck, yuck, yuck. And that is a big part. Not big, thank goodness, because you don't want to have too many uh, cleanups like no. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, also embalmers. And the reason I like embalmer is because you'll never run out of work. I mean, so there's that. Don't you need training to do that? I mean, you need training, but you don't need a college degree. Right. No. And you don't get a lot right. of complaints, probably. So there, yeah. See? Yeah. Look, yeah. silver lining. Yes. All right. Yeah. The last one um, is really interesting to me. It's a chicken sexer. And I did not know this existed. <laughs> but no, no. What it is is when baby chicks are born, they have to look at them and divide them up into male and female. And apparently this takes some skill. It's not easy to do. And so they train you to do this and they get paid a lot of money. It's an expertise. Why not? It is an expertise. Not yeah. on my LinkedIn, but yeah. there it is. So. Know, so there you go. Not anyway. good for dinner conversation, but it is an expertise, right? <laughs> 844-942-7866. So those were our small business ideas for, for today. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering. Yeah. All right. So let's get back to Small Business Week. Um, you know, what are some good resources if somebody's in a small business and they're kind of thinking about growing? I mean, where what where can they turn to think, is this even a good idea? Because sometimes growth, actually most times growth, that first big growth period is where things tumble. Right. Well, it's a real hot spot for me in terms of I, I get a little fired up on this. Um, yeah, growth is generally a good thing, but I'm a little fed up with every time someone meets with a small business owner, somebody will ask them, well, how are you going to scale this business? Maybe you don't care about scaling the business. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've got 20 employees and you're taking a chunk of money out of that business. You're investing it. Life is good. So I think that's part of a small business owner's thought process. They are often pressured into thinking they have to scale. That's not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. Now, if you do have to scale or you do want to scale, it's always, what do you want? Small business owners are often uh, pressured by society, their family, economic development agencies, whatever to say, scale it up. Hire more people. Hire more people. Well, okay, you're the business owner. You decide that. When you do want to hire people, uh, there are so many new opportunities out there, right, Bob, in terms of like the gig economy, independent contractors. Uh, If you know it's become apparent to you that you can't fulfill orders, you can't get the job done, there's much more opportunities. We're saying things are tough, but there's a lot of opportunities, right? Yeah. And and also, I'm a big believer in not reinventing the wheel. Most things aren't done for the first time. So whatever business networking group, hopefully you're involved with one, talk to those people that have taken that next Mm -hmm. step. And it doesn't have to be your industry. I I find that's the best way of doing it. And people are happy to talk about themselves and their businesses. Mm -hmm. And even strangely enough, I think even more happy to talk about the problems they went through because I think they've overcome them. So I, I think that's the best way to go. I mean, there's there's all kinds of help in, in universities and that's you know small business associations and things like that. Uh, but I I do believe in saying, hey, we're at twenty. This group is at fifty to one hundred or two hundred. Let's talk to them and say, what did you go through when you tried to scale up? Let's back it up. Even if you're really a small business, you're a solopreneur, and and all of a sudden you think, well, I need two people. Well, the gig economy is someplace you can go. An independent contract you can go. Too many people wait until the last minute. And they hire someone who's breathing. <laughs> That's a mistake in small business that is repeated over and over and over again. You have, to, especially the first two, two, three, four, five employees you bring into that company, are going to form your company. They're going to start. They're going to create the culture of that company. Choose wisely who <laughs> you're bringing on and. Make sure they're a fit. They don't have to be perfect, but make sure they're a fit for you culturally, every other way. Um, And make sure if you need someone that's going to work a whole bunch of hours, um, make sure they're ready to do that. 
Do most people find, I, I don't know, this is a legit question. Do most people find their first employees through their network simply because it's, it's for all of those reasons? Yes. yes. And, and they become good or bad employees, but they happen to be their employees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they find not there as their own, but they happen to be in reach. And, and it's someone who knew someone. And most times, unfortunately, it's out of desperation. No. Oh, Bob, my cousin over here, the sister's brother's husband, whatever. Here's that person. They need to, Okay, let's bring them in. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. That's what I find, usually the first couple employees. And that's what we can refer to as soft skills as the business owner. If you are not, are you, if you are not networking, if you don't have those associations where people know of you, if you're not telling people of your business, your family, your friends, your community, um, yes, you'll find the right people, the best people through your network. But if you're not out there, they're not going to find you. And I also know that a lot of people are never trained to hire Ever. And, Correct. you know, unless yes. you're a recruiter or a headhunter, that's your day job. What we know is that maybe as a hiring manager, you're hiring a couple times a year and you, you make up some interesting questions and you tend to go with your gut or with, you know, the person who reminds you of that other person who you really liked. And so because most people are not trained to hire, if you're a small business owner who is thinking of bringing someone on, whether it's gig or independent contractor or a full-time employee, what are some of the things that you need to do or need to know to do this well? Well, I think, Marty, you may have been referring to this. You know, what I suggest is is go to go to some HR consultant. You can at least talk to a little bit and say, hey, what questions do you think I should ask? ask? I don't want to do this out of emotion. And there are a lot of good small business HR consultants out there. And, and I think that would be the way I would go. Find one or two and say, hey, here's what I'm going to do. What would you suggest as far as general or specific questions I should ask? Yeah, to follow up on that, I no matter how big you're starting out, hire a professional as fast as possible. I know you can't afford it. I already hear you saying it. <laughs> you know, you can't afford not to. Hire a professional who's in this world. And if you don't do that, here's some advice to do that. Have other people talk to that candidate. Mm-hmm. Get some other insights. If you have a mentor that's helped you in the industry or in the business, have them talk to that candidate. Have them, um, you know, go deeper on uh, what their real skills are. Go deeper on why they want to join the company. What's what's why, why do they want to do this job? And have someone more on an objective point of view. Two or three people would be great. But if you have a company that's growing, you will do yourself a disservice if you do not hire an HR firm or someone who does that kind of work. And you will spend less money with that HR consultant than you would a a lawyer or an accountant or anyone else. Turnover is a disaster in small businesses. It's it's a disaster. So hire right the first time. Hire the rock stars as many as you can. And, And sometimes the rock stars are hard to find. But if you're working your network and you're patient... The worst thing you can do, unless it's a part-time thing or like a two-day kind of thing, is to hire that person that's just there. breathing. Uh, yeah, that that's a mistake. Small businesses make it all the time. Mm-hmm. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We are here with the dynamic duo in studio, Bob and Marty. And we're going to go to the phones with Monica in Arizona. Monica, what's your question today? Hi, I have a three-part question. One, the first one is I want to go into the HR field. Um, I have been working in auto finance uh, through several banks. Um, So, Monica, we're we're losing you a little bit. So if you're walking around, maybe you can get stationary. I'm not walking around. Okay. (laughs) I just sit at my desk. But here, cell phone reception is kind of iffy. Let me... My question is, I took most of my undergrad work or course required in HR management. Okay. Now, I have not been able to get into the HR field because I don't have experience in HR. And I want to know, I mean, I was listening to the show and I got some pointers. Um, so what, what, do you, what do you do? What's your functional role right now, Monica? My functional role, I work as an auto finance underwriter. Okay. And how long have you been doing that? I've been doing this for 10 years. And um, are you a good performer in the company? Yes. Okay. 
Um, one of the one of the easiest ways to make a functional change is within a company where you've already proven yourself. And I don't know how large your company is, but even if it's if it's not that large, if, if a lot of companies as we're talking about, especially you know mid sized businesses or small businesses or even large businesses, want to retain stellar employees. And so if you're looking to move into any functional role where you have the education, but you're lacking the maybe direct experience, what I would say is you've got a couple of options internally. One, you can ask your current boss if you can start doing projects with HR. So you're in your current role, but maybe you're helping them with an employee retention program, or you're helping them, maybe you're learning to interview and recruit. Maybe you're doing something where you are helping to train new employees to come on board. So I think there's a lot of ways you can get involved and then prove yourself and then transition over. So I think that's a great place to start. Um, Bob and Marty, do you want to weigh in? Well, I'm laughing here as I'm looking at the Switcher's book, which is right up your alley, which I think... I've you, read that. I've yeah, read that's it's pretty really good. good. It's a pretty way. good book. Yeah. Yeah. And, read and, that book, yes. And, and, I, and that's one of the things I was going to say is pretty much, and obviously reading your book and liking your book, uh, is take uh, uh, something that's outside your area that you'll do on your own. I mean, most employers are going to see that as a good thing. You're taking initiative. And so I would just kind of echo what you said about that. What project? There's always a project. You may see something there and say, hey, I think I can help, and it's HR related. Can I do it? Yeah, go ahead and do it, and then come back and report to us. I think that's the best way to go about it. Find that HR-related area where you think you could work on and do it outside of what you're doing. If there's a SHRM uh, group in your area. Um, Society for Human Resources Management. Yes. Dot org. In, in your area, dot org, um, sign up, join, get the newsletter, follow on social media, find out what the trends are, the talk is, the opportunities. If, there, if there's a, a, a group in your area, start attending meetings and quite frankly, start networking in that space. Yeah, and, and you can also earn your certification, your PHR, your SPH, your SPHR, um, which is recognized very broadly in the HR field. So it's great that you have a, a degree in that, but this is kind of the applied certification. No, it's not going to you know make you an expert in everything. It's a test, and, but it will help you learn all about the different aspects of HR. And I, we're winding down, Monica, so I, I just want to say, lastly, you know, it's something you could do because we are in this job market where it's in your favor as a job seeker and companies are struggling to find people. So we talked about earlier Earlier, looking at some of these smaller businesses that might be struggling to bring people on and seeing if you can volunteer, help them out, um, you know, do some do some projects for them. And maybe it's unpaid. And I know that that probably hurts a little bit, but do things that show your commitment to this field, prove yourself. And when that company is ready to hire, they're going to hire, as we've been talking about this whole show, who's in front of them and who's built trust and who's doing a good job. Mm -hmm. So I think there's I think there's a lot of ways you can start getting this experience. But I think the mistake most switchers make is trying to redo the resume and apply online. And I'll just tell you that that is is a waste of your energy. It's frustrating as heck because um, it, it's just not going to work. So you're going to have to get creative. You're going to have to show them you have initiative and that you really want to do this. And that's what's going to open the doors. Monica, thank you so much for giving us a call here on Career Talk. We really appreciate it because we are live here every Thursday at noon Eastern. And today we are so excited to have Bob and Marty in studio giving up their golf day, driving from Scranton to be in studio here in Philadelphia. Thank you both. This has been awesome. As always, this hour goes by way too fast. And of course, Michelle and Dion, you guys make this show so incredibly fun. And to all of our listeners and callers, we're here live every Thursday for you. And we were just talking about switchers, how smart professionals change careers and see success. So if you're looking to make a change in your career, check out that book. There's a lot of ideas for how you can get around the bias in the applicant tracking systems and land the job you want. So, hey, you've been listening to Sirius XM Channel 132 Career Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we will see you next time. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 